Hello, everybody. It's Mary Lynn Harris of Hard at Work, and I'm doing this podcast series to really help business owners, CEOs, to really create an impactful legacy for their business, mostly to do with the workplace, the place, their um, people department. So um, today on my call, I have Brian Galindo. Is that correct? Yep. And um, he's going to be doing a, a conversation with me today. So welcome, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're so welcome. So one of the questions I always like to ask is how did you get started doing what you're doing? Because I find it very interesting to find out how people get into what they're doing. But for Brian's case, it looks like he's been, he had set the intention he wanted to be a mediator from his profile on LinkedIn. That's what it looks like anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, many of us have a zigzag and I'm always stuck in the zag and I should be in the zig, you know. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, so Brian, tell me how you got started doing what you're doing and what's your favorite part? Yeah, of course. You know, as you mentioned, I did have an intention of wanting to become a mediator. Uh, I'm a lover of life, as I always like to say. And as a lover of life, um, what's more living than just people? Mm -hmm. And so for me, as a millennial that is born in this altruistic, idealistic world or mindset, I really wanted to give back to people. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to figure out how to do that. At first, I thought it was going to be in a career in law. was yeah. a paralegal for two years, realized it was nothing like law and order, and I did <laughs> not like this at all. <laughs> and so beautifully, actually, there was an uh, instance at the law firm where one of the lawyers brought in a mediator to help mediate a case, and mm -hmm. I sat in on that mediation, and I realized that my calling wasn't so much to go be positional and help argue these things. It was to be that man in the middle to help people bridge those divides mm -hmm. and come to a place of resolution. Right. And so I ended up going to Columbia University, getting my master's degree in negotiation and conflict resolution, uh, finding the one small apprenticeship with the federal government that actually helps people learn mediation skills. So I became a pro bono mediator for the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, one of the youngest mediators on their staff. And then I graduated Columbia at the height of my life and just thinking, wow, like I really want to go do this. Right. And as I went to go venture off and see how that was going to be, I had a near death experience mm. that really brought me to my needs in a way that I never thought possible. But the beauty of rising from the ashes or the proverbial like Phoenix like aspect of living was that in rising up, my passion for mediation came to the forefront where I wanted to build a business, not only mediating really intense business disputes, but also helping people from a proactive space deal with conflict in a way that would actually make me uh, obsolete. <laughs> uh, and uh, since then, that has been three years in the making, I've been building a business called Collabs HQ that does just that. Not only teaching people a process that I built called Collaborative Disagreement, but also mediating, um, creating online programs, a bunch of different service offerings that really bring to the forefront how do you communicate in this ever-changing world through a fast-paced nature with heart right yeah yeah i love that mm -hmm. i was just thinking wow oh, hey we could really use you right now in our community <laughs> yes yes i get that a lot <laughs> i'm sure you get that a lot so what are some of the biggest obstacles you find that people have when they're in disagreement 
I think it starts with themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of preconceived notions mm-hmm. of what it means to have what it is you want. And so a lot of the work that I do with individuals is to create a pause, a very strategic pause, I might add, so that they can come inward and recognize what are the stories they're telling themselves around these disagreements and how is that impacting their ability to communicate around these difficult issues. Because a lot of the conflicts I deal with are at the founder level, the CEO level. Um, So it deals with money, business vision, strategy, usually equity. And so when it comes to these things, the issue is usually a projection of maybe an issue of self-worth, an issue relating to not being able to vocalize things proactively. And so while I deal with the business problem at hand, I also deal with the sustainability component of let's create some behaviors and a mindset shift that'll help you proactively deal with these types of conflicts so that it doesn't get so out of control. Right, right. And so is there anything in particular scenario that you can share with us how you did that? Of course. So uh, I, a, a common uh, disagreement that I deal with is equity restructuring conversations. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of money is on the line. It's usually a startup or a business that has just gotten funding. They did a series A, they now finally have $10 million. And so they have like dollar signs in their eyes and that's a lot of money. And right. so while one person might have come in saying, you know, a 50-50 split is really equal in the beginning, they're realizing that they put in more hours, more energy, more time into the business and let's say their other co-founder and they're like, you know, I actually want to redo this equity split. I actually find 60-40 is better. Now imagine the other side or the other person being like, wait, what? We just got all this money and now you want more of the pie? No, that's not going to fly. And so in order to come in, I will do some worksheets with them to kind of help them understand the story behind it. So they start talking about it. Okay, what did it feel like? What did it look like when you first got into business with one another? Okay, great. What what has the day-to-day look like who contributes how much do you contribute what is the perception level around the contributions of the other side and then when they actually sit down with me I invite them to actually share that with one another through an open mediation format so that they can see where they overlap and when there is perceptual issues that one side is having that the other side may not be aware of. And then that's where it gets really difficult because you're like, wait, you thought that about me? Oh no. Oh, and then that's where the fighting happens. But, but then that's why I'm there. I'm the neutral third party. So helping them get through that uncomfortability is my forte. And then when they get to the other side and they're able to talk about these things, they can clear the air and look at it objectively and see, oh, well, you are putting in more time. I don't put in weekend time. I go out into the Bahamas and like go sail on a boat. You are in the office working. Maybe you are owed that five or extra 10%. Let's talk about that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would think that in a situation like that, like you're saying the perceptions about who's doing what and what the other person thinks the other person is or is not doing. I can see a lot of that mixed up messages that would get kind of construed into mm-hmm. more of a negative situation than positive side Precisely. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back a bit when you said mm-hmm. you had a, a near life experience or change or awakening, if you will. So what was going on in your life when that happened? 
So I had just come back. Um, I went to Columbia University. I lived in New York for three years and I found that the city, while very exhilarating, also burned me out. <laughs> I was go, go, go. I was working full time. I was also going to school full time. So you can imagine I was at my wit's end. So I, I'm based in Los Angeles and LA is a different scene. You know, there's nature, you go hiking. And I wanted to come back. I wanted to reset myself and find that next step here. And so the near-death experience was that uh, I had gone to a party and someone actually was, how do I describe it, Um, had come to me and wanted to start a fight. Mm-hmm. and I was protecting my partner at the time and I w- did not want to start a fight mm-hmm. but the fight blew up and he ended up stabbing me in the neck okay. and uh all- punching my um jugular and being 0.1 centimeters away from me nearly dying Wow! and so the police came they caught him he was sentenced to jail for aggravated assaults and it basically spiraled me into a depression because I got into a place of my life where I realized what is it that I really wanted? Mm-hmm. Was it the prestige? Was it the money? Was it the success that was pushing me forward? You know, I had gone to Columbia, Ivy League, you know, I was one of the a top mediator, all of these things that tell you you have made it. And right. yet here I was struggling to just define what living was like on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. after the attack. And so for me, rising from the ashes meant taking a pause. Mm -hmm. Uh, I stopped job searching. Mm -hmm. I stopped everything except going out into nature every day. That was my respite. And I found that the beauty that the world holds was a direct reflection of what I wanted, which was harmony. Mm-hmm. balance, security, you know, these intangibles that we feel. And yet, why is it that work somewhat doesn't have that? Right. And so I wanted to bridge the two, which led me to create my business. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Because when you go through that experience, something is awakened in you and uh, you actually can look at that or be directed that way to do mm-hmm. like what you really want to do, inspired or directed or however you use it as. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I would say that it grew my heart mm-hmm. and it gave me the ability to empathize in a way towards different levels of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to go into some intense mediations or conflict situations where people are screaming and I just sit there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just like, you know, when, when you face death, there's not much really that like, bothers you you're just like okay well like tell me more yeah. <laughs> like why why is this screaming why are you doing this and it has led me to you know my vision statement is to build a collaborative revolution that fuses heart and mind into mm-hmm. a persuasive force for collaborating past differences the right. heart and mind component is very important yeah. um because I went to school and learned about conflict resolution, but they teach you models, they teach you theories, they teach you how to like structure something to get to a given place, but they never talk about the emotional component, the heart place. And it's so integral to have both into a space that allows you to not only talk about these things, but also to feel them so that you can get through the the cathartic experience to get to the other side. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's the soul being of, 
you know, be creating an impactful legacy is dealing mm -hmm. with that core. Because like you were saying, you know, so many people get lots of money and then they start squabbling and, you know, you have all these other issues going on. Besides yep. And so what I find is quite often, even if you're bootstrapping it, you're not really looking after yourself, nor are you looking after the people that are working with you or whether they're customers or partners or whatever. And so what happens is that part of the heart and the soul, as you were saying, gets left behind. And then all of yep. a sudden they've gone to maybe millions, billions of dollars of you know, business and they look back and they say, where is everybody? <laughs> You know, the memories left because they just can't deal with the the silence. I guess it's almost like having a lot of silence between them. Yeah. Yep. So I totally, I totally get what you're saying by the the heart and the soul of, you know, merging the two together, the head with the heart and soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what couple of stories can you share that, um, you know, you think that maybe people could should take a look at well before they call you? mediator to, to come to the table? Uh, was the question what kind of sources? You no, know, what kind of uh, tips or ideas or oh. suggestions that maybe you can, or insights, you know, people should look at before they need to be calling you? I always like to ask the question, are you willing to see a different perspective? Mm -hmm. And if so, why? Mm -hmm. um, that's the basic question I always ask to any discovery call client, right. because if they say no, why would I try to do the heavy lifting of trying to get underneath all of this? And then you just say, nope, I'm stuck in my position. Yeah. Because flexibility is key. Mm -hmm. No one is right 100% of the time. Right. And if you can come at it with a flexible, resilient mindset, there is a greater ability for you to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. tip wise strategy wise i'm a fan of writing things down i like to put a little two columns down this is my perspective of the issues i write down everything and then i take off my hat and i put on their hat and i get into their shoes and i say what how would they look at this like where have i faulted no. because there's a a theory in conflict resolution called the spiral of misunderstanding mm -hmm. which always says that one misunderstanding begets another mm -hmm. and so if you can track where you are on that spiral you right. have a greater chance of actually de-escalating the situation mm -hmm. and so if you see that you know one of the beginning things is name calling you name called the other person liar they name called you back something <laughs> you but you're you're working into the conflict dynamic and there's a reason why there's these international conflicts that are intractable like say the israeli-palestinian conflict to name right. one because these have so many different misunderstandings compacting one another right. that trying to unearth all of them and clear them all is very difficult mm -hmm. so if you find yourself in a business dispute that's really intense, let's say at the co-founder level or executive level, you need to ask yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. If it's more of a disagreement around, you know, I think quintessentially, you know, there's different departments in startups or even businesses, let's say it's operations or marketing, and it's just a simple uh, subjective disagreement, you, you may want to just ask yourself, what's better for the client? What's better right. for the customer? And go from that angle instead of personalizing the issue. Right. So there's so many different ways to tackling it, but I always say it starts with you because right. you're the one that's in charge of yourself. No one can make you feel anything. Right. And so if you can really stay empowered, 
stay really strong in what you're bringing to the table, the tips and strategies that I give you will actually stick. If not, then it won't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so true because you mm -hmm. know, most people think they're right, right? Exactly. And those people, th those are very hard to help, mm -hmm. I must say. Because if they think they're right all the time, then why would you hire me to help you see something else? There's just, I, I'm willing to work with the people who want to change right. and who want to grow and that understand that being assertive is different than being aggressive. Right. Right. Totally. I totally get that. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, working with somebody who's always got to be right about every situation. Like you it's, said, you, you have to walk away because you just can't. You can't you, you just, question about them getting. Exactly. And there's obviously there's all of this talk about flexing your style, you know, like if they make decisions through data, present it in a data way. Like I'm not talking about those people. Yeah. I get it. There's people with different like decision making processes, management styles, uh, communication styles. That's where you work to collaborate to get to a nice little middle ground. I'm talking about the really intense, like right. toxic, high stakes situations that require a nuanced view that doesn't always have a black right or wrong answer right, right. no mm -hmm. i totally get what you were saying i just you know i just i was just thinking my own experience of how often i've worked with somebody who has to have their own way and there's no way to remove or try to negotiate with them on mm -hmm. a smaller scale than what you do i'm sure but yeah like the say it still comes up right so you have mm -hmm. a middle ground somewhere that you can negotiate or just walk away from it you know kind of thing. exactly you know so tell me um, some of the best clients you like to work with. Mm. Why? I love those people who are hungry for change. I've worked with um, boomers, Gen Xers, millennials. I will say millennials are my favorite, mainly because I'm a millennial. <laughs> uh, and so there's the same communication pattern. But the common element to all of my clients is that they want to change and learn. Right. And, they're, and they're willing to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So whether those are founders or usually first-time founders or executive managers, sometimes first-time managers, uh, I work with individuals who want a different perspective mm -hmm. uh, around how they communicate and to bridge those divides and become a leader in of themselves. So they, have, they always care about their legacy. Like right. they're wanting to do something better. They're, they have an altruism built in that is unquestionable. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously, yeah, it's always better to work with somebody that wants to change, if you're willing to anyway. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and that hits the right price point, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can uh, you tell us um, uh, what other, how they would get somebody to get a hold of you if they want to work with you, they like what you said so far, and so how would they find you and so I have a website, collabs, C-O-L-L-A-B-S-H-Q.com. Mm -hmm. And then I have my own personal email, which is bryant at collabshq.com. Most people find me through my Medium articles. I have a lot of Medium articles out there. And so they'll either email me or they'll go through one of my uh, marketing pipelines and schedule a 20-minute discovery call just to see if we're the right fit. Uh, I tailor all of my solutions mm -hmm. to the situation at hand. So 
sometimes uh, people will come to me saying, hey, I need mediation. I'm like, great, let's talk. We, we talk and I'm like, oh, you don't really need mediation. What you need is training. Yeah. So why don't I just do a workshop for you, mm-hmm. lower price point. You see if this is something that can actually stick and then we do some one-on-one coaching to help you. Like, oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I have different uh, services. I have a value ladder. So things that different price points where clients can work at with me. I'm just more interested in making sure that the work that I do sticks. And so I'm not just a Band-Aid. I want sustainable change. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who doesn't want so in your collaborative um, kind of workplace or company, um, do you work with other people in your company or are you just a running solo right now? Um, so <laughs> it's evolved. So I started off like solo. Then I had a co-founder. Now he's a strategic partner. Uh, I have a, a list of contractors I work with, designers. Um, I'm toying right now with the idea of licensing out my programs. Yeah. So building a network of different coaches that uh, teach my methodology. So I'm at a pivotal spot right now where I could scale, um, but I'm deciding whether or not that's what I want to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got to really consider because you're going to lose a, a percentage of that scalability that control the control um it's what i really is that really what i want to do right these are all questions that any person um should ask themselves when they own a business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm just saying like if you're just gonna stay solo you're going to just do everything with yourself and Mm -hmm. And bring in other people they might add their own nuances into it right and it may or may not work. But. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I might have my own disagreements, right? <laughs> you have your own agree- disagreement with yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Brad, can you just uh, tell us, um, give us one tip of how somebody could do something differently today after this call? Mm. You know, the thing that pops up is that if you're experiencing Um, really intense conflict with someone and you need to stay centered self-awareness is key and you're just trying to change something i'm a big fan of carrying something in your pocket so either it's a coin or like a little totem or whatever that is like some object Mm -hmm. Uh, because most people react to disagreement they don't respond right and if you want to be in a in a space to respond you need to train yourself to do that Mm-hmm. So if you want to go out and do something a little different, this could even apply in your marriage and your partnerships and your relationships, carry something in your pocket to remind yourself to just pause for one extra second. It'll really help you create that little bit of space that you need so that you don't react in a fit of rage, name calling, and so that everyone can just stay happy at the end of the day. Right, right. No, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Brian. It's been great to have you on the call today. You may have shared a few laughs. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. So anyway, uh, we'll be chatting with you everybody soon. And uh, Brian's call will be available in the, in the next few weeks. So check back with us. And it's, um, the link is podcasts.hardatworkonline.org. Uh, and that's where you find everybody's interview. So look forward to chatting with you all soon. Thank you so much.